0: Welcome to Front Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so glad that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode number one. I am so glad to finally get this up and off the ground. I've been thinking about this, praying about this for a long time, and finally we're here. Episode number one. Uh, I recorded a kind of an introduction podcast just to let you know a little bit about who I am and And Why we're doing the podcast So if you want to check that one out You can do that But this is officially episode uh, number one And so uh, I'm excited for this one in particular Because this happens to be one of my favorite passages Normally what I'll do is Whatever I'm kind of reading on the front porch I'll just kind of pull into the podcast. So right now I'm in Psalms. Um, I'm going to be bouncing kind of all over as I read throughout the Gospels and some other places, Old Testament, New Testament. But this this passage in particular has made a massive, massive impact on my life. And it's Ecclesiastes 7.13. And it says this, notice the way that God does things, then fall into line. Don't fight the ways of God, for who can make straight what He has made crooked? <laughs> Isn't that awesome? The reason why this passage is so important to me is um, I was in a period of my life that I was trans- transitioning out of a, a large church that I was um, that I was working at, and at that point at that church. You know, I had had awesome opportunities to speak on on the main stage in front of thousands of people. I was speaking all over the place, flying places and speaking, speaking at the churches and camps and all kinds of things. And uh, it was time for me to transition out, out of that church. I had gone on a trip to India that really... I mean, I I went on that trip, and I felt like I met Jesus again for the first time. Maybe you've had an experience like that, but it was just overwhelming for me. And in true dramatic form, uh, I decided to resign uh, from my job at that church. And so, as a result of that, just kind of working through, okay, well, what do I do next? You know, what, what would God have for me next? I didn't have a next step. Normally when you resign, you usually have, and then I'm going to do this, but I really didn't have that. Um, And so as a result, I, I sent out some resumes. I got some responses. There was a church that was interested in me and it was a church that most people said, Hey, this is a great church. If you can get hired by this particular church, you're doing pretty good. So it had that on the board. And then our And then I had this other opportunity called Phoenix One. And Phoenix One was something that didn't exist in Phoenix. It was something that would have been, it was a kind of a faith filled, um, would have been a faith-filled adventure for me, meaning I'm not sure how it's going to turn out. It didn't exist. And it was the idea of helping millennials connect back into the local church and then doing everything we could to get the local church to unify, to work together under the banner of John 17, 23, but filled with massive amounts of risk. Uh, Would it work out? Is this what God wants? I don't know. Am I the guy? All those different questions. So I went away on a silence retreat to Sedona. If you've never been to Sedona, I would highly suggest it. It's one of the most magical places in North America. It's just beautiful. The colors, the, the weather, um, every part of it is, is just really, really incredible. And so I went to Sedona to kind of get away and do an, a silence retreat. I've done this before, but this one was really important in that, it, it, you know, the outcome of it was kind of where we're going as a family. So... I go on these hikes, I'm kind of journaling through my life, like, God, what is it that you want me to do? I don't know what you want me to do. And so I, um, this one part, I I go on this one hike, and I don't even remember the name of the hike. All I know is that I ended up on the top of one of these cliffs that kind of looked over the whole uh, Sedona Valley, just beautiful, incredible sights. And I sat up there and I said, God, what am I supposed to read? And so I I started reading Ecclesiastes, and if you know anything about Ecclesiastes, it's written by Solomon, David's son, and Solomon is the wisest man who's ever lived. God grants him that as a gift because that's what Solomon asked for. And so he's writing this book of Ecclesiastes kind of with these lenses on, you know, if God is good and and earth and the things of earth are really bad and really hard, how what do we do with that? How do we figure this out? How are we to live life? And so started reading through Ecclesiastes, working through it, came to chapter seven, read through those verses, I came to this verse, and it, it just it shocked me. The the part that probably shocked me the most was for who can make straight. What he has made crooked. It it made me like stop and reevaluate everything. You ever had a moment in your life where you heard something, or you felt something, or maybe you, and it was in a sermon, or maybe it was in in the Bible as you were reading, and it literally just made you stop, made you reevaluate everything. And I had that moment on top of this mountain in Sedona, looking the valley, on a sat, on a on a silence retreat, which was this. Have I been looking at this world completely wrong? Have I been approaching my the way I love Jesus and follow him completely wrong? So I came off that mountain and we started Phoenix One. I said no, uh, no to the opportunity at that church, which— I had a few people in my life who were like, that's the stupidest thing you could ever do. But I had really embraced this passage to be true. Like, oh, my gosh, I think this is true. So when I started breaking down the passage, it helped me understand holistically, I believe, uh, what he was trying to teach me and how I could apply this in my life. And this passage has been for me a real anchor point in making decisions and trying to process through life as a whole. And he starts off by saying this. Solomon says, notice the way that God does things, then fall into line, then fall into line. He he wants us to go like this. Have you ever stopped and just noticed, stopped and paused and noticed the way that God does things? If you're reading through the Old Testament, you start to find that things aren't going the way that everyone thought they would go. Right. We we think about Moses. You know, we think about Joshua. We, we think about Elijah. We think about Elisha. Every 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 point along the road, we start assuming things are going to go a certain way. They, they do, too, by the way. And yet God sent, tends to do different things and miraculous things, amazing things. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe you did that kind of stuff. And so Solomon's going like, have you considered that? Have you stopped and have you noticed the way that God has done things? Like I would just say in your life right now, have you ever stopped and just stepped back from your life and you've noticed the way that God has done things in your life and you start to realize that that's really interesting. I, I don't know if I've ever really done that. In fact, I don't think a lot of people really do. And so this is Solomon's advice to us. Notice the way that God does things. This is a very faith-filled adventure as we step into the mystery of God. And he's saying, watch the way that God does things. Notice it. Do you see it? Do you perceive it? Isaiah talks about that. Do you perceive what he's doing? And then his advice to us is this. Then fall into line. Watch the way that God does things, right? He takes a warrior, Joshua, and instead of using his clout, his power, his intellect, he just simply says faith. Walk around Jericho. Walk around Jericho. I know you're a powerful warrior. I know you know how to fight battles and you're you're the best. You're really good at it. And I know you faithfully followed Moses, but I want you to put down your weapons and trust that I have a plan that's far greater than you could ever imagine. And It may, it's not going to make any sense. I can't imagine (laughs) that meeting with his staff and going, okay, here's the deal. God spoke to me. We need to lay down all our weapons. Okay. And what's next? Um, okay. So the next thing is we're going to walk around this building or we're going to walk around this town. And after that, we're going to blow some trumpets, some horns, and the walls are going to come tumbling down like I can't even imagine his like his staff going like, sounds like a plan. I love this. No, they're probably like, are you kidding me? This seems crazy. And he's like, yes, but have you noticed the way that God does things? You know how he's parted the Red Sea? You know how he fed us for 40 years in the desert? Do do you know how that even how he made water come out of a rock? Is this really that crazy? And so he says to us next, Solomon says this next fall into line. And, And really the idea there is submit. I know that's not a word that many of us really like. We don't like the word submission. We're like, whoa, 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 bro, back off with the submission language, right? That throws me way back in the 80s and 70s and 80s. And, and I, I'm not in for that, maybe older than that, but that's all I got as a frame of reference, the 70s, 80s. Um, he's like, whoa, whoa, hold on with that word. That word's kind of a scary word, but is it? If we're noticing the way that God does things, then submission should be The next way we're processing through that, because he's in control. He knows what's best. And so Solomon's like, listen, if you're noticing the way that God does things, then fall into line, then submit. And then he says this as if we don't understand yet. Don't fight the ways of God. This is just silliness. Like we have this dog. It's a schnauzer. And if if you you know anything about dogs, uh, Schnauzers are a a, a little bit pretentious. I mean, uh, this is my wife's dog, so I can say that with great love. (laughs) But he's a wonderful dog and we love him very much. Um, But he's a Schnauzer. And this dog is really an incredible dog. He is. um, He's well behaved for the most part until, until someone comes to the door. If someone comes to the door, he loses his doggy mind. He starts barking and going crazy, losing his marbles. And it doesn't matter how many times I'm like, stop, stop doing that. Stop, stop, stop barking. He just keeps barking and barking and barking. That's how we are. We God tells us to do something, and we keep fighting and fighting and fighting. We're like a little yappy dog that won't shut up because we just keep wanting to do our own will, impose our own will, our own way. And He's like, "Stop!" I mean, think about this. How how crazy this, how crazy this is. We are creation, and creation is fighting with its creator. I mean, think about that for a moment. Like. We are his creation. He created us for his glory. And we keep fighting the creator. He knows all. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. And yet we continue to fight him. And Solomon's like, stop that. Just stop doing that. Fall into line. And then he transitions into this beautiful, beautiful statement for who can make straight what He has made crooked. God loves us so much that He's inviting us into this mysterious journey. And the most mysterious part of this whole journey is this: is that the story of the Bible is a God who loves us so much that we were separated from him. Okay? Think how illogical this plan is. God comes to us, Emmanuel. God sends his son, Jesus. And then Jesus is born in a barn. And then he serves us. He grows up and he serves his creation. He becomes one of his creation and he serves his creation. And he serves alongside of these disciples. Like he's their rabbi, but they're kind of a mismatched kind of bunch of guys. Like they just don't got it going on. And yet he calls them and he, and they follow him. And so Jesus serves the least of these, he goes into places that nobody goes and he hangs out with people that nobody wants to hang out with. And he starts flipping the script on every way that people are thinking. And then he does the most radical thing at all, of all. He's, he's crucified on a cross. And as they're hurling ridicule at him, he says, father, forgive them. They know not what they do. How, how illogical is that? No, fire fire from heaven. Call it down. No, forgive them. And then he dies for us because he loves us. And he loves his father and he's obedient to the father. And then he resurrects because death couldn't hold him down. And then he does something even crazier. He resurrects and he commissions the very men who betrayed him these disciples. And he says, go start my church. And then he ascends into heaven to prepare a place for us. For who can make straight what he has made crooked? So many of us are trying to make straight what God has made crooked for his glory and his honor. And it is my conviction that our greatest successes, lie on a curvy, God-directed path, and not the straight paths of human logic. Our greatest success lie on the curvy, God-directed path, not the straight paths of human logic. And so a question, logical plan. So the question, once again, where are you rejecting God's curvy plan to live your own logical plan? And I would ask you to ask that question as you're driving in the car, going for a run or whatever you're doing right now. Where are you rejecting God's curvy plan to try to live out your own logical plan where the creation comes up against the creator? And as we process through that passage, that statement, that question, may the God of your logical grace grant us wisdom and discernment as we join the narrow path that he has lighted us into. And I'm just so glad that we're working through this together and learning this together. This passage has been so helpful for me over the years. And I hope it's been helpful for you today. Have an awesome day. Again, please like, share, comment, whatever you want to do. Uh, all of it's appreciated. Thanks for checking out Friend Portuguese. Until next time.